0: Lots of things to talk about on The Morning Brief, so let's get to it. Tim Hudak is here, former leader of the Ontario Conservatives, now at the Ontario Real Estate Association. And Tim, let's start with something that is top of mind for an awful lot of people, and that is... I mean, it's unimaginable to think about what it would be like to be trapped in something probably the size of the interior of a car and you're on the bottom of the sea and you've lost all communication with the surface and there, you know, you went on this fabulously expensive adventure to go see the Titanic and you may end up dying in a tin can on the bottom of the sea.
1: I I cannot even imagine that. that it, it makes me feel claustrophobic just when I, I hear or see yeah. these stories, and I guess we'll be back-to-back back the next couple of days over them. You, you hope for the best. I cannot imagine it. I don't think to be cruel here, but I, I cannot imagine something further from my mind to do than to go into a little submarine and, and dive down to the site of the Titanic. It's where the Titanic went down. I, I, I've been helping my daughter with her her chemistry uh, studying for her her high school exam, and I said to Deb, I, "I just never liked chemistry. I just trust that it works. It's it's there, and I just move on with my life. I I trust the Titanic is there. I, I've seen the film. I have no." I could not imagine a single moment in my mind Think I'd want to dive down for two hours to see the wreck of the Titanic. I guess this is what these adventurers and the tourists do, but
0: it, it, it sounds like a 1970s uh,
1: disaster yeah. movie, John. I would stay as far away as, I, as possible.
0: And I just know if they don't make it out that somebody's going to say they died doing something they were passionate about. Yeah, but it's not necessarily something you had to do in the first place, but I oh. guess to each person their own autonomy.
1: Too, too much money. Well, when I read about this too, I, again, I, I don't like these stories. I'm surprised I've, I've, i gone into them this much, but it said that the tourists on board would have a chance operating the sonar and, and other equipment on this dive as part of their 150K to pay for the adventure. That's what I picture. You let them have the wheel.
0: Okay, so let's talk about those uh, by-elections. Maxime Bernier lost, and I won't say lost badly, but I mean he drew fewer votes for the People's Party of Canada than a previous candidate who was not the party leader. And yet I don't think this is the end of Maxime Bernier.
1: And, and no, I, I I think it's uh, it, you, you bruise him. He, he's battered a bit that he didn't do better than they did in the uh, f- the actual federal election last time around. But he can still pull vote. I, I, I think Polyev is doing a a, a very good job uh, to ensure that does not grow. So certainly keeping the, the foot on the throat of Bernier matters. I um I, I often think, John, having gone through a lot of by-elections uh, myself as a PC party leader, they're often more of a local story than a national story. Getting a high-profile local candidate, for example, people will look for change more so than the national dynamic. So we've got to be careful not to read too much into what's happening nationally. Often it truly is a local story, like what's happening in Oxford.
0: Okay, well let's talk about Oxford and the problem there. I was noting earlier in the show it was probably closer than the Conservatives want, but a reason for that would be that the former conservative mp was campaigning for the liberals
1: yeah and this makes me mad uh, this uh, loyalty is such a rare commodity in life and particularly uh, sadly in, in in politics and therefore so valuable and i i totally totally get it you know you, you've been an mpp for a long or sorry a member of an mp for a long time your daughter is a town counselor she wants to run for the nomination to get behind her and then she loses to somebody who was you know not from the riding It'd it, it make you mad. I, I get it. But then going over to the other side and actively campaigning for the liberal is a sin in, in my book. See, you, you need to stay true or just keep your mouth shut as opposed to turning against the team that you had formerly belie- believed in. I, I just... Dave McKenzie always struck me as a grumpy guy, and and I think he just proved it. It just makes me mad. Arpen Khan, I will say, um, worked for me. He was part of uh, of my team. He was part of Harper's team. I think he's an outstanding individual, hardworking, driven, persevering. And I think he's doing what I would advise him and have to do, being the bigger man in the contest, keeping your head down, ignoring the family squabble, ignoring those who are trying to stab you on the back. Win it. And build for
0: the future and good for our pen and winning that race. So it absolutely blew up in social media yesterday. The idea of the RCMP was investiga- investigating Justin Trudeau and the federal liberals over Lavanya. And then the RCMP issued a statement and said this, in fact, is not happening. Uh, I don't know. Where do you see the, uh, the broken telephone in all of this?
1: I think there's people just want to see that there's more there, the there, and, and there wasn't at the end of the day. I mean, it was a healthy reminder of, of uh, the Jody Wilson Raybald's uh, affair as Attorney General, and then um, kicked out of cabinet by Trudeau, and then eventually caucus. The uh, integrity commissioner found that uh, Trudeau had, uh, had broken. Uh, the rules uh, here again. Um, but I, I think there are those that just want to keep on digging in that affair and try to find something criminal about it. I mean, good for the RCMP. Police forces often you know, don't say one way or the other until some time passes after a lot of pressure. Good for them in saying they've investigated and
0: there is no there there. Uh, Joe Warmington has a fun column today. I think it's a bit off the mark. Good morning, Joe, um, because he talks about how uh, Olivia Chow over the weekend started talking about things like waiting pools. But this for me is kind of like when, you know, parliament or any house of assembly votes on something very performative, like, you know, endorsing the Ukraine or something like that. And people say, what about the important things they can multitask?
1: <laughs> yeah, they, they can from time to time, walk and chew gum yeah. at the same time, John, you're, you're right. Um, so that's that's the eye catcher in the headline that Olivia Chow is focusing on waiting pools and and not crime and decay. But but the underlying message is, is one that that, that that strikes me and I am worried about it. I, I slightly exaggerated, but I do worry under Olivia Chow and left on council that that the homeless will own our parks and and our subway systems. I, I was in Seattle not too long ago, which is where I went to university for my master's degree. I I, I love the city. That was beautiful. I really enjoyed my time there and I went back for a real estate convention and just to see how the the homeless had overrun the city. Mayor famously saying there that the parks were open for anyone and man they moved in big time. It is intractable. It was, it was covered in violence and, and and illness and undermines that community just like Sanford. I, I do worry that if enough votes on city council that we head in that direction. Olivia Chow has been out of elected office now for more than a decade but even then John there are things in her track record that give me pause. I mean, she was forced to resign from the police services board over trying to interfere allegedly with the police moving towards a protest, an anti-poverty protest, so cross the line there. She and Jack Layton gave out tents to the homeless in the big tent city thing more than a decade ago. I I do worry that that kind of thinking is still there and what the city looks like with Olivia Chow and a left bench
0: behind her. Okay, so you've got two girls in the education system, uh, profiled today in the Toronto Star of the- TDSB's first uh, g- non-gender-specific washroom. so it's all stalls, no urinals. Boys and girls use the same space. Some parents are complaining; others think it's a triumph of uh, inclusion. Inclusion,
1: I guess, this is where inclusivity eventually gets you. Although you know, having gender-specific and a and an open could be another option. But yeah, that's where I, my mind went, John, I went over my coffee, listening to you this morning, and, and reading this uh, this story. Um, there go the urinals. Uh, boys, especially, this is an elementary school, uh, not to be too crass here, but don't have the best aim. I worry, though, because I remember my daughter as my daughter, my my dad as a high school principal and, and vice principal uh, tended to find that a lot of the problems in the high school occurred in the washrooms. They were sources of bullying, intimidation, violence. I, I worry about sexual harassment, peaking, all of that sort of thing. So as a dad of two daughters, this just does not sit easy in my gut.
0: Okay, and not a lot of time on the clock, but a uh, fascinating profile of a guy who ended up spending five days in a not particularly comfortable prison after, I don't think it was a false positive, but I guess there were just traces on the outside of his shampoo bottles of cocaine, Then it took them five days to establish that he actually wasn't trafficking in cocaine.
1: Yeah, yeah shocked it took that long to, to get the, the test uh, back, and I'm sure you know, they have a chance of a, of a lawsuit here. I remember from my time you know working at right. right. At customs, right? We would do the test commonly, that same Nick test they talked about to detect and a the further test. And to get the results much more quickly, I, I actually remember a dentist crossing the border, uh, middle-aged guy from Rochester. I think hopefully enough time has passed, John, I can talk about this. And he was heading to Toronto to uh, meet with a girlfriend and uh, he seemed kind of nervous. Maybe he was a nervous guy, so I searched the car thoroughly and I found a, a packet of cocaine uh, in tucked up into the toes of a dress shoe uh, in the trunk of his car. It was outside the baggage. We tested it. It was cocaine. He was arrested. He was eventually then, he was let go. It, probably after a short period of time to go back to Rochester under remand to come back to court. And I remember that trial and the, uh, the the lawyer grilling me pretty good about how I found it. That The guy admitted he had it and he pled that it was actually uh, his son's. His son had had a drug problem. Uh, he was off the hook, cleared and sent back to uh, to Rochester. But my recollection though was it was pretty quick from the time that I found the cocaine, did the test, before they actually yeah. found it. it was real. And then we,
0: the justice system move forward. Thanks a lot. Great stories. Have a great day. That's Tim Hudak, former leader of Ontario's Conservatives. I always forget that uh, Tim used to be a border guard, so he can often bring some unique perspective to those kinds of stories. Uh, He's now at the Ontario Real Estate Association.